neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Hey guys, welcome in the neutral corner. Um, man, what a good, uh, what a good little uh, series of fights last night. Uh, decent little fight card. Amanda Nunez, the lioness, retiring from MMA. Um, I kind of saw it coming. If I had to be comp completely honest, as I said in uh, my last episode motivation was going to be the factor in many things on Amanda Nunes' performance. And many things are factors in towards, uh, are factors, you know, towards motivation. Money, fame, legacy. We went in depth about legacy. Amanda has cemented her legacy as the most dominant women's champion ever in both feather uh, featherweight and bantamweight. But um, yet last night, as I predicted, a very motivated Amanda Nunes came in. She looked in great shape. She looked physically better than any time I've ever seen her. She looked muscular. She looked like she was on a mission. And she, you know, she fought Irene Aldana, who was a very big threat to her. But one of the things, um, kind of like John Jones, kind of like Conor McGregor. One of the things that happens to these opponents is the mental warfare. They get they get scared, for the lack of a better term. But they get in their head. They get um, almost too defensive. And Irene Aldana came out with her hands, practically her hands covering her face. And when your hands are attached to your head that way, you can't throw punches not very fast you're not going to be able to counter very well everything counts on being loose on being fluid on being you know as bruce lee said like water right like you must be you pour water in cup it becomes the cup you pour water in the bowl it becomes the bowl you have to be water you have to and unfortunately aldana from the moment the bell rang was so shelled up and so worried about the power and the speed of Amanda Nunez that she did herself a disservice. Um, I feel like if she would have went in there and fought her heart out and fought like, you know, fought like she was fighting for a championship and maybe not been so, you know, intimidated, might be the better word, intimidated by Amanda Nunez, she probably would have done better. You know, the few punches she did land on Amanda, you know, they landed. Um, you know, at the end of the fight, Amanda's face, she had bloody, she was little little strawberries on her. It, it doesn't come from someone who doesn't know how to punch, especially when she gets punched so few. I mean, at one point, the, uh, the significant strikes were absurd, but... 142 significant strikes landed for Amanda Nunez. Only the 41 strikes landed for Eldana. Total strikes. 196 total strikes landed for Amanda Nunez versus Irene Eldana's 57. But in those 57 punches, strikes, knees to the body, kicks, stuff like that. But in those 57 stro total strikes, she had enough pop 
to bust Amanda up a little bit. And had she had really truly believed in herself and not shelled up so hard, because you gotta think about it. When you're shelling up and your your hands are over your face, your muscles they're they're in a they're in a different position. Everything, your body language, your body mechanics, everything, it, you don't punch that way. You punch shooting from the hip. You punch shooting from the shoulder. But when you have your hands, literally palms of your hands on your eyes, basically, you're not able to... It, it The punch doesn't come as quickly as it could. So, you know, Amanda was throwing some strikes and... Uh, one of those things that because the girl was covering not as many of those strikes landed flush but also because the girl Irene LaDonna was covering she didn't have the speed her muscles weren't relaxed because you have to tense up when you block you have to tense up when you are trying to roll with these punches it seems as if um, she just doesn't, you don't have that, your body just doesn't have that elasticity when it's, when it's, um, you know, engaged like that. It's, you can still counter, but your timing is different because as I said, you're, you're so tight from, from wanting to absorb that, you know, and, uh, my girlfriend Taylor last night was bummed. She was like, oh, you know, why, like, why is she, you know, retiring? You know, what about Juliana Pena? And I told her, I said, well, you know, she she hasn't had any competition, really. Like, none. She's she's really, she's beat the shit out of everybody, just about. And then she says, well, what about Juliana Pena? And, you know, the loss to Pena came from, I feel like, an unmotivated um, Amanda. Came from someone who, uh, she could have been dealing with an injury as well someone who didn't want to be there and that was the result and then she came back and took it back from Juliana Pena you know dominantly like a dominant performance and so I don't think Pena is going to have anything for her in this third fight you know they were supposed to fight again last night but Pena had an injury and truth be told it wouldn't have went much different than this this uh did last night so congratulations to Amanda on an amazing career the only double champ that it was still concurrent, like still currently a double champion, defending both championships. Um, there will never be another female fighter like Amanda Nunes. She is hands down the greatest woman fighter of all time. So congratulations to her. She's had a very long, illustrious career. Um, and, uh, you know, it's time for her to, you know, training takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of your day. It takes a lot out of your life. It takes a lot physically, mentally, emotionally. And so now it's time for her to finally be there for her family in all those ways. So congratulations to her, man. One of the best ever. The co-main event of the night, as I, uh, you know, also alluded to that, I thought who was going to win. Um, to be fair, I, I I didn't know a whole lot about Benil Dariush. 
Um, I've watched a couple of fights, but he's never done anything or had any performances that have made me go, holy cow, this guy is the next guy. This guy is going to beat Islam. This guy is going to beat Poirier. This guy is going to beat Gaethje. Um, I, I spoke a little bit on Oliveira's uh, heart, so to speak, or the fact that sometimes I feel like when, when the going gets really tough, that Oliveira might quit. And I know that sounds like an insult. To me, it's something that's obvious because it's it's natural. That's, I mean, that's a human instinct is not to get in there and fist fight a grown-ass man who is also trained to kill you. You know, when you're, when you're down and out and things are hurting and, and you don't know if you can go anymore, it's natural for your body to want to be like, well, fuck this, I'm out. Like, let's, let's not do this. And so there is, there is a lot of that. But I will say that that's one of the most exciting things about Charles Oliveira and like watching him fight is you don't know what Charles is going to show up. And you don't know if the Charles that showed up last night is going to show up or the Charles that showed up to fight Poirier or the Charles that showed up to fight Gaethje or the Charles that showed up to fight Chandler or if the one that fought Islam is going to show up. You know, it almost seems like when he fought Islam, he was almost uh, overtaken really weird considering the people that he's fought but you know it, it just seemed like he was overwhelmed by Islam and he didn't want to be in there well last night he did okay last night he went in there and he fought Benil Darius and he took it to him and as a matter of fact this is what I told uh my friend Chase was over Taylor we were and Taylor we were watching um the fights last night and I'm sitting there thinking or I was explaining to them that like okay when he fought Gaethje, when he fought Poirier, when he fought Chandler, he had the advantage on the ground as far as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu goes. Oliveira had the advantage, so, you know, he stood up with him and was able to do well enough in that realm to drag them down to the ground to get the submission victory. Well, this time I told him that Benil Darius is better or is just as good, if not better, at jiu-jitsu than Charles Oliveira. And Oliveira, I feel like, kind of felt the same sentiment. That that was that was the that was the narrative coming in. But did, obviously, he didn't feel that way because he he invited Darius to the ground. You know what I mean? Like he he's the one that was like, "Come on, bro, let's do it." And they. He just grappled, you know what I mean, and and uh, showed uh, Benil that like, hey, I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of your grappling. Like, I am the best in the world. Um, I think, I think, Oliveira needs to fight Makachev again and win. Okay, and then Volk can fight Oliveira. Bam, that is the fight to have right there. And then I think, I think Volkanovski can beat. Oliveira, yeah, that would be a good one too. That'd be that'd be that'd be a great fight. I'm I'm totally down. There is a plane going over right now. If you cannot hear it, uh, if you can, I'm very sorry. You know, this is my back porch. I it's basically is best I can do. Uh, but the plane noise is killing me right now. I don't just have a pause button here.
Real quick rundown. Charles Oliveira landed 37 out of 47 total strikes. He had a 78.7% strike rate. Like, that's insane, you know, accuracy. Um, Benil threw 32 strikes, so still pretty freaking close uh, out of 57, so 54%. Both of these guys were over 50% of their total strikes landed. That's another thing, too. For as good as Oliveira is, he is still very hittable, and he is still very, like, that, 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 like, it's kind of like old school GSP, right? That was one of those things that was like, he's so beatable. Like, how can you guys not beat him? But then no one can beat him. Uh, just, just kind of interesting, you know what I mean? Um, makes it, it makes it more of an emotional roller coaster of a fight. Uh, the fight before that. Now we're getting into people I don't really know. Um, so these are going to be a lot quicker. But um, what was what was that dude's name? Uh, I can't even remember his name that he fought last night. He fought Adam. He fought Adam Fugit or Fugit or whatever. Um, his name started with an M. It's not on here on the ESPN app, but I definitely called it to win. Like. I knew that um, something about the way when a person walks out to the ring, and this isn't an every time thing, but a lot of times you can see in their eyes, like, this dude's going to be the one to win. Like, this is the dude. And for there was something about this fight in which um, I really felt that. You know what I mean? I really, really felt that. But we had a win by submission in the first minute of the second round. Was not a bad fight. Uh, Canadian won, so that's good. Hometown, home country, home, home uh, field advantage. Uh, but I don't really know a whole lot about background about either fighter or that fight. I just know that it was okay. But uh, the next fight, the fight that was before that, Dan Ige versus Nate Landwehr. Uh, man, that was a pretty decent fight. I called, I called for Dan Ige to win, and he did by decision. Landing 88 out of 184 total strikes. So 47% of his total strikes. He landed to 74 of his opponents. Um, however, all the strikes landed by his opponent were significant strikes as well as Dan's. Like, they don't they don't throw jabs. These are not jabbers. Um, in case you didn't know, the UFC goes by... So boxing does the same thing. They just don't call it significant strikes. They call it power punches. But anything other than a jab is a significant strike, pretty much. Anything other than a jab is a power punch. Pretty much is usually how they do that. Uh, but Danny Gay looked great. Uh, dropped Nate twice. Um, each time in like the last 15 seconds of the round, both of the times with the same punch, <clears throat> left hook that came right after a right hand. So that was really cool. Um, to, see, to see that, like, small things, small adjustments make the difference. One of my favorite things to see, or one of the things that is preached so much that is hard, that, like, you don't always see, is punches and bunches, right? They always preach punches and bunches, punches and bunches. Oh, he's only throwing one shot at a time now. Blah, 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 blah. 
But these are these are things that you hear, right? That maybe you don't necessarily understand. Not calling, not not saying that you don't understand things, but maybe you're like, what 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 significance does that have? What does that mean? So, what Ike would do is he would set it up by throwing a right-handed punch, in which the guy would defend it. But because the guy defended it, he left it himself open for the second punch. If you just throw the right hand and he defends it, well, you're you're still at a stalemate. But if you throw the right hand, left hook, right hand, leg kick, something's going to land. And nine times out of ten, maybe not that, seven times out of ten, it's going to land and it's going to land in a spot where they don't necessarily see it coming and it's going to be more devastating. That is, you know, that's the whole purpose of combination punching. Um, you have to sacrifice a few punches. You know we're going to get blocked or slipped because you know that he's either going to block or slip into an oncoming punch that he doesn't necessarily see, or she, or, or she. Um, and then the uh, opening fight of the night, uh, Mark Andre, Mark Andre uh, fought Eric Anders. Uh, that was actually a pretty decent fight. Um, I thought Eric might have won a couple of rounds. You know, it was a decision uh, for Mark Andre, but uh, it was just a decent, scrappy fight. I kind of had the feeling that Mark was going to win coming out. Just like I said, again, his face, his mentality, his aura, his his whole vibe was I'm just about to go in there and crush somebody. And uh, Eric Anders was very calm about it. But, you know, Eric Anders is a brawler, so he, you're always in a fight anytime you fight Eric. And, uh, so that's um, kind of the thing, you know, it, it was a, kind of a close fight, but you can only, brawling will only take you so far, you know, at some, there, there is a point where you have to be a thinking point set up fighter, and uh, it just, it just alludes to the fact that there are levels to this, you know, but I, I thought that was a good fight, um, fight of the night so far, not really sure, I do not, oh, here we go, preliminary card, uh, Chris Curtis, that no contest, the headbutt to the eye. That's very interesting, you know, um, a headbutt straight to the eye. Usually, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what happens. He said he couldn't see, so I don't know if he fractured his orbital or what. But that was a, uh, that was very unfortunate, for sure. Um, let's see who else. Oh yeah, bantamweight. Oh, Faraz Sahabi's, uh, I guess it's his, it's his brother. He won, um, again, with combination punches. A uh, guy would throw a kick. He threw an overhand right, which is the the normal counter to a kick. And the guy got out of the way of it, but he threw a looping left hook afterwards, which followed up. And the guy sat back down thinking he was in the safe zone, when in reality, there was a left hook coming to separate him from his consciousness. You know, like I said, hands up at all times. Protect yourself at all times. Even after you throw a strike, you have to be ready for one coming back. That's just the name of the game. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm kind of going to leave it there. There's nothing else to really get into. A uh, decent night of fights. Um, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come. Let's see. Let's look up here. 290, that 290 fight card. Yeah, buddy. So the next the next fight card is July 8th for pay-per-view. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be fighting Yair Rodriguez. Um, that right there is 
I pick Volk to win as long as Volk is focused on Yair and not focused on Makachev. Um, or even, hey, be focused on Makachev, but use it. Use Yair as your scapegoat. Uh, Yair is tricky. You know, he's got these fancy kicks and he's got fancy footwork. And um, it's if Volk doesn't mind his P's and Q's, it's definitely going to be a tough night. But Volkanovski is the best fighter in the world that's not named John Jones. And, uh, yeah, so that's the next one. I think Volk takes it. I think Volk finishes him. Uh, co-main event, Brandon Moreno putting on his flyweight title against Alexandre, uh, what is that? I don't even know how to do his last name. So don't know anything about Alexandre. Uh, Brandon Moreno, fun to fight, fun to watch fight. You know, everybody loves him. Mexican superstar, champion. Uh, oh, Robert Whitaker versus Drick, uh, Driscus Duplessis. Uh, Duplessis talks a lot of shit, so I really hope Whitaker, who I've been a fan of from day one, knocks him the fuck out. Like, um, man, I would love for for Robert Whitaker to get a to get another crack at the title, but Izzy's done to shut him down twice. It's gonna be kind of hard. Um, Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's probably on the chopping block. I don't feel like I feel like he fights all the toughest names, so he hasn't had a a big win in quite a while. Um, so Jalen Turner would be a good, a good, you know, turn in the right direction for him. But Jalen is a tough athletic dude. I, you know, that's a tough task for Dan Hooker. I'm, I mean, you know, Dan Hooker's really gonna have to rely on his experience and his, um, you know, fight IQ. And then the card opener, the curtain jerker is Bo hype train nickel versus trace on ultimate fighter winner Gore. Um, you know, Treshawn got hurt, so I don't, I don't believe he actually won the Ultimate Fighter, but he would have had he not gotten hurt. He was knocking everybody out. Um, this is gonna be a good test for him. Uh, Treshawn doesn't have terrible wrestling. Bo's got an amazing wrestling. Bo doesn't have terrible striking, and Treshawn's got decent striking. So, it, it's a good tough first fight. It's a name that the uh, casuals and the and, and just the mainstream right now is familiar with simply because it was only like one or two seasons ago that this guy was on the Ultimate Fighter, um, but it's not a name at middleweight like Vitor Belfort that Bo Nichols not ready for yet. It's a great uh, stepping stone. It's a great test to see like okay man, you're four and zero. You're trying to be in the UFC. You're on the main card. You know like let's see what you got. So it's a good little, uh, it's a good little test, a good little, little uh, showing out there for uh, Bo Nickel. Then on the uh, prelim card, the main event, the the featured fight on the prelim is Robbie Lawler. Uh, I think it's his retirement fight, fighting Nico Price, another brawler. Um, this one worries me just because Nico's a brawler. Robbie's been a little chinny lately, but Robbie's always been one of my number one favorites of all time. So I will be siding with Robbie Lawler. Um, but if he's not careful, Nico Nico's no joke at all. Um, let's see. Sean Brady's fighting. Jack Della Mandalina. Yeah, whoever that is. But, um, yeah, great night of fights coming up for UFC 290. Um, super excited, man. We've got, we've got a bunch of weeks of fights. I believe there's... Um, there's... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, there's there's Vittori's fighting Cantonier next week. And then after that, we got Josh Emmett versus Ila Taporia. 
And then after that, we've got Sean Strickland versus an, a Magomedov, which we know Sean Strickland's going to lose that because this guy's from Dagestan. His name ends in Dov. <laughs> if your name, if their name ends in Dov, bro, run. That's all I gotta say. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna leave you with it right there. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Um, what a great night of fights. And I want to thank all my sponsors, Sending Tattoo Shop, The Burger Box. If you want tattoos or you want some food that is great and ran by awesome locals, go give them a shout out. Go give them a look. Also, you know, hit up my boys on the Some People Suck podcast. They're trying to grow their podcast as big as mine. And if you would, just go out there. And if, if they could get every listener that I got, they would blow up tremendously. I'm just kidding, but seriously, go see Some People Suck. They're awesome. Um, I've been on there many times. They're really good friends of the shows. They're huge around this area, so you should definitely go give them a listen, too. Um, they cover all sorts of different topics, not just MMA-centered, but you know, um, one of their hosts is a high-level purple belt, if not a brown belt already. Um, fucking knows a lot about jiu-jitsu, and um, it's just a really cool thing to listen to, you know, um, They've got so many different uh, avenues there that they go down and explore. And, uh, you know, Larry Downs Jr. Plumbing for all your plumbing needs and everything. Um, you know, we're a high-quality plumbing plumbing company, and we really uh, try to work with the customer and while doing the best work around. Um, and then I want to thank Penelope, Penelope Faye Marie Designs. Um for making some baby clothes for my sweet Penelope and some awesome custom rompers. Go give them a look at Penelope Faye Marie Designs. Um, it's awesome. They take custom work. They make rompers for children. They make t-shirts, custom t-shirts, things like that. So give them a look on Etsy. Uh, and really, that's all I have left. Um, this has been In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a safe weekend. Godspeed.